0: Welcome to This Week in Sparkling Water. I'm your host, Iwaki axel I thought I'd do a little bit of reading. What sort of thinking dominates an alcoholic who repeats time after time the desperate experiment of the first drink? Friends who have reasoned with him after a spree which has brought him to the point of divorce or bankruptcy are mystified when he walks directly into a saloon. Why does he? of what is he thinking. Our first example is a friend we shall call Jim. This man has a charming wife and family. He inherited a lucrative automobile agency. He had a commendable world war record. He's a good salesman. Everybody likes him. He's an intelligent man, normal so far as we can see, except for a nervous disposition. He did no drinking until he was 35. In a few years, he became so violent when intoxicated that he had to be committed. Upon leaving the asylum, he came into contact with us. We told him what we knew of alcoholism and the answer we had found. He made a beginning. His family was reassembled, and he began to work as a salesman for the business he had lost through drinking. All went well for a time, but he failed to enlarge his spiritual life. To his consternation, he found himself drunk half a dozen times in rapid succession. On each of these occasions, we worked with him, reviewing carefully what had happened. He agreed he was a real alcoholic and in a serious condition. He knew he faced another trip to the asylum if he kept on. Moreover, he would lose his family for whom he had a deep affection. Yet he got drunk again. We asked him to tell us exactly how it happened. This is his story. I came to work on Tuesday morning. I remember I felt irritated that I had been a, that I had to be a salesman for a concern I once owned. I had a few words with the boss, but nothing serious. Then I decided to drive into the country and see one of my prospects for a car. On the way, I felt hungry, so I stopped at a roadside place where they have a bar. I had no intention of drinking. I just thought I would get a sandwich. I also had the notion that I might find a customer for a car at this place, which was familiar for I'd been going to it for years. I'd eaten there many times during the months. I was sober. I sat down at a table and ordered a sandwich and a glass of milk. Still no thought of drinking. I ordered another sandwich and decided to have another glass of milk. Suddenly, the thought crossed my mind that if I were to put an ounce of whiskey in my milk, it couldn't hurt me on a full stomach. I ordered a whiskey and poured it into the milk. I vaguely sensed that I was not being any too smart, but I felt reassured as I was taking the whiskey on a full stomach. The experiment went well, so I ordered another whiskey and poured it into more milk. That didn't seem to bother me, so I tried another. Thus started one more journey to the asylum for Jim. Here was the threat of commitment, the loss of family and position, to say nothing of the intense mental and physical suffering which drinking always caused him. He had much knowledge about himself as an alcoholic, yet all reasons for not drinking were easily pushed aside in favor of the foolish idea that he would take the could take the whiskey, if only he mixed it with milk. Whatever the precise definition of the word may be, we call this plain insanity. How can such a lack of proportion, of the ability to think straight, be called anything else? Oh, man. You know, the first time I read that, I... um. That really stuck with me. And I've read, yeah, I've reread it many times. It's, I really, um, that's insanity and it's my insanity. You know, you know, you can't do something, you know, you're sensitive to something and that something will ruin you. But then you have like some idea, like, oh. Oh. What if I just pour this whiskey in a glass of milk? Maybe that changes everything. But it doesn't. It's that infinite negotiation with oneself. (sighs) Unfortunately, I don't know, maybe I have failed to enlarge my spiritual life because that negotiation has never ended for me. That negotiation is ongoing. Oh, but you know, it's Christmas time. We can drink at Christmas time, right? It's December. It's almost Christmas time. It's November. There's holidays. You know, we can drink for the holidays, right? Or we drink cause there's something good going on. Or we drink cause there's something bad going on. I don't know. It's that incredible negotiation. Because the facts are plain. You know, we have lots of knowledge about ourselves. Ourselves as problematic. We have lots of reasons for sobriety. But these things can can easily be pushed aside. I don't know, I was thinking about that today because I find myself here in the Central East. All the microphones are back West, so this is actually just a voice memo on my phone, and I apologize for the audio quality, but the show must go on, you know. I was reminded of the story of the traveling salesman. I think the point of the story is the resentment. He's resentful that he used to be the owner of the company, and now he's made to work as a salesman for that same company, and it makes him resentful And resentment is the number one culprit, it's the number one killer. Resentment has killed more alcoholics than anything else. We have to just let go and be at peace. Yeah. We cannot be resentful, we have to be charitable. And we have to be in service of others. And when we are in service of others, we we can we can live ourselves. It's strange, it's not very intuitive. Anyway, let's go to the water. Today we're drinking NICE exclamation mark. That's the brand name. It's the Walgreens in-store brand name. Simple, honest, delicious. That's the what it says around the nice logo. Flavored sparkling water. Peach. Ooh, did you hear that? I don't think you did because it was very quiet. Yeah, that's awful. That has so much aspartame in it. This is the most pure aspartame flavor. Uh, Verging on undrinkable. It's kind of hot in here, and this beverage is cold, and it's sparkling, but that's just not refreshing. Wow, the bubbles are like 2 out of 10. The bubbles are 2 out of 10, and the flavor is 1 out of 10. Yeah, that's a terrible water. That's a terrible water. I'm going to give that a 2 out of 10. We're never going to try a nice brand again. Oh man. You know, there's this other paragraph that's really fun in the same chapter where where, the, where they acknowledge what we have um, what we've tried to limit our drinking. Nothing ever works, but here are some of the methods we have tried. Drinking beer only. Limiting the number of drinks. Never drinking alone. Never drinking in the morning. Drinking only at home. Never having it in the house. Never drinking during business hours. Drinking only at parties. Switching from from scotch to brandy. Drinking only natural wines. Agreeing to resign if ever drunk on the job. Taking a trip. Not taking a trip. Swearing off forever. With and without a solemn oath taking more physical exercise, reading inspirational books, going to health farms and sanitariums, accepting voluntary commitment to asylums, we could increase the list ad infinitum. I like that. I like that. Because that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Anyway, we'll be back next week, and then... um, Next week, we'll make the mind sparkle. Thanks for listening.